Welcome to New Covenant Church. You are listening to this week's message with Senior Pastor Chris Valdez. Good morning. Welcome to New Covenant Church. I have a very exciting announcement for y'all this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble! In accordance with the ICO and WGF, this year's Lampasas Mission Holiday Food Drive is on! The contenders this year for most donations received have been officially chosen and prayed for by the leadership of New Covenant Church. And now it's time! Starting on my right, a newcomer to the contest from Texas City, Texas, and ministering from the NCC West Building Upper Room with a combined 10 years of ministry experience. She averages 30 kids a week for youth. She took an incredible 48 kids to camp last year. and She has five volunteers in her corner with a social media campaign like none other. It's Amanda, the teenage Commanda Allen. And on my left from Dallas, Texas, and ministering from the halls of NCC Early Childhood with an impressive and unbelievable 34 years of combined ministry. She wrangles over 20 kids under the age of six regularly. She can change a diaper and lead an arts and crafts lesson at the same time. It's Tammy, the toddler trainer self. And now to introduce our reigning champion for two years in a row. With a very believable 2-0 and record. She hails from Amarillo, Texas and ministers from the NCC West Building. She can teach over 30 kids on a Sunday morning. She's able to corral up to 75 kids on a Wednesday night service. This is Candace proclaiming what the word says, Valdez. Put your hands together for these ladies. We're going to have tables set up outside in the foyer to represent each one of our contestants. And if you would, please grab a bag that has a grocery list on it. Fill that bag with the items off the list. Bring it back and put it on the table of the ministry you would like to represent the most, whether it be early childhood, the middle school, uh, young, young, young children, or the high school. So... Please take a bag. If we're out of bags, a shopping list of the items we're collecting this year to help support Mission Lampasas, you can buy as many as you'd like, but you're not required to purchase everything on the list. Just make sure what you do purchase is on the list. I know everybody likes candied carrots, but it's not on the list, so don't buy those. All right? For every full bag that's donated by NCC, the church is going to go buy a turkey to go along with that, so we'll have a full meal, dessert, turkey, the whole thing included. To, uh, to give to Mission Land Passes. Last year, last year, NCC donated 101 full meals to Mission Land Passes, and I'm excited to see what God can do through us and y'all's generosity this year. Amen. Thank you all for uh, entertaining me with that little, that little introduction. Stand up with me. Let's get ready to praise this morning. Since I've got you awake, we can stand up, get ready to praise together. Father God, we welcome you into our midst. Holy Spirit, I thank you that in this time of change that you do not. 
The only change that you bring is the one that's good for us. So, Father God, minister to us as individuals and as a church here this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yet by causing division, it stopped everything. It literally stopped them in their tracks. It derailed all of their plans and separated them by language around the world, which is still to this day. Now let's take a look in Acts chapter 2. You can flip there in your Bible. It will also be up on the screen. This is Acts chapter 2, verse 1. It says, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, and at this sound the multitudes came together, And they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia... Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocked, saying they're filled with new wine. Before we go on, just something stands out to me in that The power of unbelief and ignoring God always amazes me. Every single one of them could hear them in their own language and hear them glorifying the acts of God, yet there were still some that just said they're just drunk. What kind of drunk people speak in 15 different languages? Like, in one sentence, you know, I mean, it's just, but they're, you know, we we just, Choose to ignore. There there are some people, no matter what God does to reach them, they're going to push them away. And they're not going to accept it. And they're not going to receive it. But so when people came together in unity, when the disciples and the rest of the believers gathered in that upper room, just as Jesus Christ had called them to do, he said, don't go anywhere. Don't do anything until you're filled with the power, the ability to do everything that I'm calling you to do. And they obeyed him and they waited. And in unity, the Holy Spirit came and spoke to them. And when they did that... uh, God brought their language, instead of taking a language and dispersing it, he brought one language and let everybody understand it. They spoke to all nations in one language. God, through the Holy Spirit, brought unity. Everyone heard them proclaiming the mighty works of God in their own language. And in these two cases, it was God who divided and God who brought them together in unity through the Holy Spirit. But once the gospel started to spread, uh, Satan started attacking the body of Christ to divide their unity. This is where we're going to see that not much has changed from our day to theirs when it comes to division in our nation and our churches and even our families. The book of Acts is literally full of division. 
Division within the religious community. Division within the government. Division with the, their own Jewish culture. Division with the Gentiles, who are just everybody that's non-Jew. And even within the body of Christ. There literally wasn't a single area that the disciples and the early church didn't encounter attacks and division. We don't have time to read uh, all of these, and even the ones that I'm going to uh, kind of summarize is just a handful of these. As I was preparing for this series in the last couple of months, I felt led to read the entire book of Acts. And I'd, while I've read it many times, I've never read it in one sitting. And I'll just guess if you have the time, it takes about an hour and a half or two hours or so just to read through it. But it's amazing what you see when you read something all together. You know, we always take those, you know, the portions and this story and that story and this story and that story. But when I read through it, I was just like, oh my goodness, look how much they went through. You know, arrested, beaten, freed, arrested, killed. You know, I mean, just on and on and on. And attacks from the government, attacks from within the church. And it was just pounding them over and over and over and over and over Yet all they did was continue to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Nothing would stop them. They had their focus on Him and what the Holy Spirit was guiding. And what you'll see if you read through that, and again, we'll, we'll talk more about that unity side and how they did that next week. But they heard the Holy Spirit, and over and over and over it says, the Holy Spirit led them here. The Holy Spirit wouldn't let them go here. The Holy Spirit did this. The Holy Spirit did that. They were just following what God was saying, and they kept their focus. And none of those distractions distracted them. In Acts chapter 4, the priests, the captains of the temple and the Sadducees, so all the, the religious leaders of the day arrested some of the disciples for preaching the gospel. But before they arrested them, it says that 5,000 men were saved. And then they get out of prison, and in Acts, that's in Acts chapter 4. And then in Acts chapter 5, the high priest has them arrested again and put in prison. In Acts chapter 7, Stephen is stoned to death for preaching the gospel. He's stoned by religious Jews with Saul, who would one day become Paul, uh, giving his approval for the stoning. I read another uh, poll that came out, I think maybe a few weeks ago, or I read it in the last couple of weeks. It said that over 20% of college students right now say that it's acceptable to respond with violence, physical violence, to anyone saying, you, saying something that you disagree with. And so that sounds like we're not used to that right now, yet Stephen was proclaiming the gospel. And if you read that whole account, it says that the men covered their ears and shouted as they ran to him with stones and stoned him because they didn't want to hear what he had to say. Because he was proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ and they disagreed with it. Religious persecution... These people had followed the Old Covenant going all the way back to Abraham and they saw this as an attack on everything they believed and held dear and they would rather have killed all the disciples than let that go. They would have rather uh, had them killed than let go of what they knew to be true. But what they didn't realize is they were blinded that God had made a new covenant and was doing a new thing. And this was part of the Old Covenant. And he would prophesied about it in the Old Covenant. Yet when the Holy Spirit was proclaiming that through Stephen, they could not receive it. 
They were fighting against God. And Saul became Paul when Jesus met him on the road to Damascus and that what he heard was, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you? And he said, I am Jesus Christ, the one that you're killing. And then it says, when he talks to Ananias, it says that he tells him, uh, he's going to find out how much he has to suffer for my name. In Acts 12, Herod, the king, so now the government gets involved, has James, the brother of John, killed and Peter arrested. In Acts 14, both Jews and Gentiles turn against them. And it says the people of the city were divided and they attempted to stone them, but they got word ahead of time so they were able to leave. But it says they continued to preach the gospel. In Acts 14, Paul heals a crippled man and the people think that Paul and Barnabas are gods and they actually want to worship them. But they, they share the gospel and tell them that all the glory goes to God and it's Jesus Christ who had healed the man. But then Jews come from Antioch and Iconium and were able to persuade the crowd to stone Paul. And they stone him and leave him for dead outside of the city. But it says the disciples gathered around him and he rose up and went on to continue to proclaim the gospel. And it doesn't say if he was really dead and rose from the dead or they just thought he was dead, but either way, it's a miracle. In Acts 15, some Jews were teaching that unless Gentiles, and this is within the church, these would be all believers, they were teaching that the new uh, converted Gentiles were, had to be circumcised and follow the law of Moses or they could not be saved. And these, these people, like I said, were just part of the body of Christ. And Paul and Barnabas took the matter to James and the other apostles. And we're going to read this passage. It's in Acts 15, verse 7. It says, And after there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. And he made no distinction between us and them, having cleansed their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? But we believe that, that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus just as they will. And then in verse 19, James uh, gives his judgment. It says, therefore, my judgment is that we should not trouble those of the Gentiles who turn to God, but should write to them to abstain from the things polluted by idols and from sexual immorality and from what has been strangled and from blood. So we see that there was persecution after persecution and constant attacks to stop them and divide them from every angle, including arrest and murder. And the body of Christ was no exception. They, they, Satan tried to, to, to change the gospel. And they were literally trying to change the good news and say, Jesus Christ isn't enough. You still have to follow the law. You still have to um, be circumcised. And they, they met and they were like, no, this isn't from God. He gave us, the Gentiles, the same Holy Spirit He gave them. And we're all saved by grace and faith. And they kept the unity of Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
If you read through Acts, you'll see the Holy Spirit mentioned over and over and over as he led and guided them throughout these struggles and trials. The enemy's sole purpose is to take us off course. He steals and kills and destroys to cause fear, division, and distraction. And he attempted it over and over in the early church, but they would not take themselves off course. They would not take their eyes off Jesus Christ. Their focus was on the kingdom of God, Jesus Christ their Savior, and following the leading of the Holy Spirit. It makes me think of Pastor Joel's message a few weeks ago that our soul, our, our emotions, our feelings, all of those things need to be anchored in God and not let all these winds that would come and cast us to and fro. They never got shaken. I mean, Paul literally got stoned and left for dead and he just dusts himself off and says, okay, Holy Spirit, where to next? It's a different kind of response. We don't understand it, but we can't understand it if we're following the Holy Spirit. As God is doing a new work today, not only I believe in New Covenant, but in the whole body of Christ, the enemy is going to attack. He's going to try to divide the body of Christ when God starts moving, and we have to guard against that. And we do that just like the early church did, by keeping our focus on God and following His voice and ignoring all of the distractions. Earlier in the message, we left off in Acts chapter 2, where the people were accusing uh, the, the believers of being drunk instead of full of the Holy Spirit. We're going to pick up where we left off in verse 14 says, but Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. And he said, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Peter declared, Peter declared that the prophecy of Joel was being fulfilled at that moment. From that time, from the time that Jesus Christ ascended to heaven and sent us the Holy Spirit as our helper until he returns again, these are the last days. And they were in the last days at that moment. And we're in the last days at this moment. And God said he is pouring out his Spirit on all flesh. He is the one who equips us. He is the one who gives us the ability to do everything that He's calling us to do. He is the one that will keep us unified. And He is the one that will lead us into all truth. And don't forget, He promises that everyone who calls upon His name will be saved. The enemy is not going to stop attacking. 
until, until it's finally over and the battle is finally won once and for all, as we read in Revelation, he's going to continue to kill and to steal and to destroy. He's going to continue to divide churches and cities and nations. He's not going to give up. But God has sent us the Holy Spirit. And before that, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to save us, to redeem us. And he said, everything that I've done, you're going to do more. Because I'm going to send a helper that will give you the power, the ability to do the miraculous, the ability to, just the ability to do everything that I have called you to do. And something else you'll see if you read all through Acts is every miracle, every act of the Holy Spirit, never once did they take credit for anything because it has nothing to do with us. When the Holy Spirit uses us, it's all Him. We're a willing vessel just walking along with God in the work that He's doing in His kingdom. And He he won. It's over. We know how it ends. But we have to keep going and persevere and fight until the end. We've got to be the light in the dark. There's not going to be an example of righteous unity in the world. It's never going to happen. Jesus called the church to be that example. We're the only one that can stand out in this darkness as a light and show what real unity looks like. And in John 13:35 Jesus said, "This is how they'll know that you're my disciples if you love one another." We can't let the enemy stop what God's doing in this church or in this city or in this nation or in this world by allowing him to cause division in our own camp. Anyone that's ever been in the military, is there any chance you would win a battle if there were men in your own platoon that were fighting against you? It's hopeless. It's hopeless. But when we listen to the Holy Spirit, God only says one thing. He's not going to tell you to do something and tell me to do something that's opposite. If we're hearing His voice, we're going to be going the same direction. We're going to be working on the same thing. And He's going to do the miraculous because He called us to do it. Will you bow your heads and pray with me? Heavenly Father, we can look around this world and find a million things wrong with it. It appears like everything would be going wrong but you're seated on your throne. Your kingdom is is still set on a foundation that can never be shaken. Every word that you have ever said will come to pass. You gave us your Son and sent your Holy Spirit to give us the ability to follow you, Lord, and it says that we can walk in the Spirit, not in the flesh. We can be anchored in you and not let all of these distractions take us off course. Father, we we welcome you in our lives and in our hearts this morning. Father God, I pray that we take your word, your gospel out everywhere we go. Lord, that we would proclaim it like the disciples in the early church did. Father, and they didn't let anything deter them. 
we will be ridiculed. We will be persecuted. But your kingdom is going to go forth and your word is going to be accomplished. Father, use us. Use the body of Christ in this city. Use the body of Christ in this nation. Use the body of Christ in this world to shine a light in this darkness that will never be put out. Father, all glory and all honor and all praise will be to you and to you alone. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Will you stand as we close in prayer or in worship? There's nothing worth more than will ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living. Shame is of unifying a nation that's divided like ours is today really starts in us. Somebody here this morning needs to hear this word. The devil's lying to you and telling you your best life is what you need to be living for. That sounds great and it's good and happy things will happen. But if your best life is not a kingdom life, it's going to lead you to death and destruction because it all does. Holy Spirit, start within me. Bring unity inside me and my soul. Help me live towards a kingdom life. Make those things most important to me. Make that the focus of my life. Make that what I want to live for, your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. A few announcements for you this morning before you go, if you don't mind. If you're from 6th grade up to 12th grade, please go to NCC West tonight at 4.30. Join Amanda, the Commander Allen, and and be in youth group tonight. It's a good time. Uh, You'll hear the word. You'll make friends. You'll be in a good group, and y'all can be uh, uh, blessed there. Also, uh, Fridays... From 7 to 10 at Common Grounds, which is the house just the other side of the West Building, coffee every Friday morning. Come join us together and uh, just, just spend time together uh, socializing and drinking too much coffee to get, get the day going. 
Okay? Y'all be blessed. Have a great week. Enjoy one another's company. And uh, let, the, let the Holy Spirit speak to you this week about what you need to do to bring unity in your own life. Amen? Thank you for listening to this week's message. 